welcome to the Phantom Zone. But I think they're maybe racist Just because I'm human They don't want my help It seems it doesn't really matter If your superpowers fire into the belt I tried to join the Justice League But Batman was a douche to me And Black Canary wouldn't tell me hi And classic magic to a middle finger That was 30 stories high I got a message from the great Hello, welcome to And Now Comics We have a full house today I am Lou Gonzalez Joining me is Connor Irving uh, you say run. I barely know her. Uh, Ryan Fretz. Hello. John Scott. Insert anime intro music here. <laughs> John Seiler. Uh, I'm sorry to say this is my last show because I've actually just been hired to replace Dan Didio. Oh, nice. Oh. So happy for you, man. All right, so we're transitioning into that already, huh? Uh, it's funny. It's funny because I originally had to be like Bob Iger and then the died. Dan Dario thing popped up. I'm like, well, I guess I got a new intro. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, shit, that happened too. Yeah, yeah. but the thing, though, I guess let's start with that one, because, like, he didn't really, he, like, stepped aside, not down, because he's still there for another, like, until 2021. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, like, I think, I don't know, uh, I remember distinctly, like, Marvel, or, like, the, the Disney era being very different before Bob Iger took over. Like, uh, I, I think people kind of also like forget like how dire it was for Disney, like and oh. the, the towards the end of like the Eisner era. Uh, so to have Bob Iger basically step down, like you know, uh, before maybe a, a big possible. Uh, I mean, and that's that to say, like you know, there have been rumors for about a year that he he was going to step down, but I think like the timing of their big huge push into Chinese market with Mulan is about to come out and with the entire country being in lockdown because of a, a virus uh, I think that movie may not be making the money that they hope yeah which the replacement is Bob is it Cutter uh, I think is his name he and I'm trying to remember he so he is the new guy ran the theme park stuff wasn't was it Pullmutter the other guy that ran theme park stuff? It, you're thinking about Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Who it is is the replacement? It's Bob something. It's like Cutter it's or Chappic. Chappic. Okay, I wasn't close. All right, Bob Chappic. But he so Bob Chappic was the head of like theme park stuff. Wasn't um Pearl or something the head of theme park stuff previously? And he was terrible at running the TV side. Uh, Pearl, are you talking about before he became the head of Marvel? Yeah, well, he was like the head of Marvel TV promoter, Pearl Butter. Wasn't well, he a um, Pearl was like, guy too? He, <clears throat> no, he's a Toy Biz guy. But maybe it was, um, what's his name himself? Uh, Bob Iger was a theme park guy. I'm trying to remember. Was somebody up high up in Marvel, or was it another company? I can't remember. Oh, maybe it was uh, Universal, was like the head of their theme parks at one point and then became the CEO. This is very interesting stuff. Um, so I don't remember what it was, but sure, it's an interesting. Um, but yeah, I, Ike was a board of the directors for Marvel in like '93, and then became chairman in '95, and then um, and he was also the co-owner of Toy Biz. So like when Marvel went out of business for bankruptcy, he was like put in as uh, vice chairman. Yeah, it's interesting. But, like, but I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he was a uh, a theme park guy. There was like another big CEO. Um, 
like that was like a former theme park guy, and I can't remember the name of the guy. Um, but I do think it's interesting to choose a theme park guy. I think that says more to me that the other aspects of the company are kind of self-sufficient. Like Marvel is kind of, especially the Marvel films is just like its own thing. And like fakie has got like a, his own little fiefdom like kingdom. And he can't, he reports directly to basically like the shareholders at this point. So I don't um, know, I don't know how much like film wise and like the comic book divisions and stuff like that. The CEO actually has input on. Uh, I mean, Iger is the reason why they bought, star wars and they're the reason oh, yeah. why they he, bought marvel uh, he's the reason why but, disney is disney now yeah and, and i mean like there's a reason why Iger, you know Iger's tenure was super strong at first and then just kind of uh petered out over time because it's like very bad business decisions uh and kind of like also just like public spats with dreamworks like kind of just ruined a lot of the reputation of disney in, in the late 90s and and, you know, it was Iger making these really smart decisions and really smart buying acquisitions that, like, kind of, like, has them built to a point where it's, like, they're too big to fail. But then again, it's, like, you know, who knows? You know, it's, like, you can have, like, one bad uh, boss that just kind of ruins everything. Yeah, I I, I think for the, the film division makes so much money. Like, the film, you know, propping up the toys and stuff makes so much money for them. Um I don't know. Like, it would have to be, like, some really, like, several giant bombs in a row to really hurt them. Yeah. But, like... I mean, they, they got one movie every year that does super badly. It's, they, yeah. They still, make, they still make, like, three billion a year. Oh, well, more than that. Like, just on the movies, yeah. yeah. So, but, like, I mean, like, I feel like the things that bomb for them are, like, the weird kids' movies that, like, don't... Like, uh, what was the one that came out this past week? Um... Call of the Wild, like, lost to Sonic. Uh, but Call and I was like, I was like, well, why is that even a movie right now? But Call of the Wild was also, like, an old holdover of the 20th Century Fox deal. Oh, so was it really? Yeah, so they just, like, kind of put, you know, they just put it out. Uh, that movie also cost $150 million. And, you know, it did better than expected. Sorry, what? Yeah, they had oh. to do a lot of CG. They had to make yeah, that CGI they CG'd dog. The dog. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, Call of the Wild is a super expensive movie. Um, and it still kind of like did better than what they, you know, were projecting it to do. Yeah, because it's uh, a weird ass thing to put out in 2020. But yeah, I did not realize that was originally a Fox property. I thought it was yeah, because that kind of fits that weird, goofy side of Disney where they try to put out those live action things every once in a uh, while. You know, like a Pete's Dragon or a, a, a Wrinkle in Time or Oh god, uh, talk about a bomb. Um yeah, you know, it's like it, it happens everywhere. It's it's and also it's just usually like because uh one of their films cannibalizes the other film and it's like, oh yeah. hey, cool, whatever. It's like, oh, Wriggles Hunt didn't do well, like, well, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, so who cares? Yeah. I guess their idea at the time was like, oh, there's different audiences, and really it's like it's not like the Marvel movies are just like everybody. So like if you put them near any other film, they'll just cannibalize them. Um uh, I don't know. I like. I feel. I agree that it's like mostly like a ship that can't. Like a, it's a. It can't really fail. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes happen. But I do think it. Like you said, it has a lot to do with the Chinese market. And because one of the big things was they built a Disney in theme park in China, and I guess that was this guy's like spearheading it. So that's why yeah, he may have gotten this job. 
uh, watch the documentary they put out, Imagineering, and he there's like a whole section he did on how they did that, how it came yeah. about. So he probably has very good relations with China and the Chinese government, so that's probably a big chunk of like why him. Uh, is it is it already open? Uh, it's probably not open right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. open, open. It is open. Yeah. It's closed temporarily for two months. Yeah, yeah two months. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's move on. I would say, like, to kind of stick with the Marvel, like, Disney thing, let's jump to, so Star Wars, they announced that they are doing a new massive story set 200 years before the Skywalker saga. So that's after the Old Republic. So it's going to be a... Um, one is called The Test of Courage, which is a middle grade book, a Marvel series called The High Republic, a novel called Into the Dark, and a IDW comic series called The High Republic Adventures. Um, so these five stories are going to like intertwine with each other to like build this specific era. Sorry, I was like very distracted by somebody's uh, <laughs> has this like just, on speaker or something. I just want to know. Will they sing like a bird? Nor that that was me. My thing went off accidentally. That's not bad. <laughs> I, just, I was sorry. It's all right. I was just like super distracted by it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I apologize. That's my fault. No, I do think this is interesting. I'm glad to see like more stories going outside of the Skywalker. Like, what do we call that era? It's just like the mainline era. Yeah, I've always kind of referred to it as as uh, like George the Lucas era. Yeah. So, like the first novel that's kicking it off is Light of the Jedi, which is authored by the guy who wrote uh, Star Wars Darth Vader. I wonder if that's the comic? Because if it is, that book was really good. That book was great. Yeah. No, so, some of the best uh, best writers are currently doing stuff for this, so I'm, I'm very excited. Like, I, I've read a lot of the, the Star Wars books over the past couple of years, and they've been really good. Some of the people inside are, uh, are like, in that group are some of the best writers, and I think, like... Uh, Filoni has has his fingers in there some somewhere potentially for uh, animated space around. Yeah, which there is like yeah, I there's say, I will I will like to have speaking of animated series, I do want to see an animated series based off the slime. Should it be a little more successful? Yeah, mm. that would be interesting, especially with like the Clone Wars has its last season now coming out. So there really isn't a animated Star Wars on the horizon, which they've all kind of carried a bit of weight over the years so it'd be interesting to see them jump into a different era now that we've kind of closing the door on this uh lucas era um i will say though we also have a couple of other things we have here. well first off we have the writers who are involved in the uh, uh writers room as you, i guess you could say so you have uh kevin scott who did idw star wars adventures claudia gray daniel jose older who did Last Shot Born in the Storm, Charles Sue, who did Rise of Kylo Ren story. There's also Viz Media is supposed to be involved with the publishing, so we might be getting some Star Wars manga out of this. Oh, that's a smart move. Um, uh, it'd, it'd be nice if, I mean, it'd be nice if they also got, uh, you know, Japanese artists and writers to do Star Wars story, uh, but I, I don't know. I doubt it. I'm sure it's, like, it's probably something down the, like, it, I, I'm guessing, like, a lot of this stuff is, like, early and with the way star wars is treated now like they have to take like small steps to avoid like shitheads on the internet about everything because people care so much about like the very tiny percentage yeah unfortunately this is going to be dc from you know 
now until forever. But mm. I mean, like this, this has also been Star Wars since 1999. So you know, I'm not. It's 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 just always been here. I feel. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's part of the internet thing. Yeah. Um. So you just dropped in a couple of stories. The first one sounds really interesting because um, it's done by the people who did uh, Wake Off Frozen. So they're making a The Prince and the Dressmaker. Uh, yeah, so The Prince and the Dressmaker was a book I really loved that came out last year from uh, Jen Wang, um, who did like another book I really love called Coco Be Good years ago. Um, but Prince and the Dressmaker is basically about this girl who um, makes dresses for... Uh, the prince who just like loves wearing dresses and it's like this really great like one uh like self-contained story um it won like uh eisner last year for best team publication um and uh also best artist writer and yeah it, it looks like that the graphic novel has been acquired by uh universal and Kristen anderson lopez and bobby lopez um, the team behind the scores for Frozen, Coco, and Frozen Two. Um, with they Amy. also, I think they also wrote Frozen. As well. No, they didn't. Um, Did I, just, <coughs> I was just looking at the IMDb and it gave them writers. Um, but playwright Amy Herzog and producer Mutt Platt will be also attached to it. So, um, hmm. I I think this book is really cool. Um, I think it. I <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think like the subject matter is like really interesting and it's definitely something that will be kind of interesting to see like how they adapted for uh film and if they in- keep it like the exact way that you know it's intended within the book um cuz you know it's 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 not like um you know it's just like he just likes wearing dresses it's like he likes how it feels and it makes him feel pretty it's like you know it's not like a you know it's you know it's it's not really playing with other, uh, much other than that and she like kind of like sort of like developed feelings for her and he kind of develops feelings for her so um yeah i i, I think it'll be fun to see like if if they can like kind of like really stick the landing for some- well and definitely an interesting idea and like that's some great talent they have there so i will say i think they succeeded more with frozen 2 than frozen 1 in terms of songs that is just me though uh, i have not I- seen frozen 2 yet but i would say i can't think of anything beating coco I actually really hate the songs in Frozen Two. Oh, I kind of uh, really enjoy them. <laughs> I, I like there. There's that one song fight, that that fight, cr- fight. that big Kristoff song that's like maybe like one of the worst Disney songs I've heard in a long time. Oh, okay, I wouldn't go that far. Have you Have you seen Home on the Range? Well, no, I said in a long time. That movie came out in like 2001. That's fair. I or- kind of liked the songs. I thought they were more also because I worked in a movie theater when Frozen One came out. Yeah. So I really, really hate this. Don't like. Uh, not hate. I don't like the songs in Frozen One. I, I, I just think Frozen Two is also just a bad movie. Like I, I don't think the songs really kind of like line up with the story of this of of, oh, I was kind of, of, way more of the movie. Story and I like the jokes more. And I like everything a lot more. Yeah. I like. I also just think it's like they have the big Elsa song and it just feels like Let It Go Two, but it doesn't have like. I don't know. I think it's a better I, I song than I, I don't necessarily think that Frozen 2 needs to do, like, like give her a girlfriend, even though they should, because it makes, like, I don't know, it, 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 I feel like it just kind of makes logical sense at this point, you know, uh, but it they won't, because this is still the company that, like, will only have gay characters as long as they can, like, edit them out in, like, a two-second chunk. Uh, 
but it's like just, uh, what was it? What was it that onward story that came out this week? I don't even know. Yet. Oh, 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 that the that the that the cop is gay, and it's like, oh, great, you gave us a gay character, but it's a cop. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, so I was talking about how it's like this is the fourth <laughs> time they've been like we have a gay character. The gay character's like it's not even called that much attention to, and they're making a big stink out of it. Yeah, and and that character will probably just be a nothing character in the film, much much like the fool in 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 Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but I actually now so Frozen Two has the exact same problem that I have with Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet, yeah, where also I did not see that where the entire like Frozen and Wreck It Ralph have like this kind of big huge like theme in the film that like kind of leads up to like this big kind of like you know, whatever the destination of the end of the film is, where, like, Wreck-It Ralph, like, you know, figures out that, yeah, be yourself, it's okay to stay, you know, you know, it's like, you know, he he goes back to being the villain, and he's appreciated by the people there, and whatever. And then Wreck-It Ralph 2 is basically like, oh, but Vanellope can go to her own game, because she doesn't fit within this game, but it's okay for her. She can go off and be in like some fucking murder world. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but it's good for her to like you know expand her horizons, but it's not good for Wreck-It Ralph. And I'm like, okay, like she went Frozen, turbo. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, wasn't there a whole plot point in this in the last film about doing this and this is bad? And and I feel like Frozen Two has like that exact same problem where it's like. Frozen's all about like family and like all this other shit, and then Frozen Two is like, oh, but like, what if I do things by myself and and not really like learn from the lessons of the first well, one? And I hate well, I is, hate stuff like that. Here's the problem though: is that in the past those movies would have just gone straight to like VHS or DVD, yes. and now yeah. they're getting theatrical releases. Yeah, and I and like from what it sounds like, at least from like the you know the channels like I follow. Uh, there wasn't very long time, like a very much. Uh, there wasn't a huge amount of time for the Frozen Two script to be done. And to me, it when you're watching it, it feels like it. It feels like it's a movie that's very at the sea of its pants, trying to figure out like kind of like where to put these characters and like you know, oh, we gotta have these Olaf parts, and there's too much Olaf in Frozen Two. Yeah, well, I think it's also the problem was like See, the I first have a hard one. Time they didn't have enough time to work on the Frozen script, considering they had six years. Well, and, and the, I was gonna say in the first one, they had to rewrite the entire script after they made the song. So yeah, also but, that. <laughs> So, like, yeah, that that was never, like, the movie that it was originally intended to be, you know, for the better. But, yeah, um, not to, like, get to push us too far, but, like, uh, I want to jump to some of these other stories. Um, so the Umbrella Academy story is really interesting. And if it gives us a look at, like, how those characters became, like, their adult selves, I would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, I so far they've only got the Klaus one announced here. Um, but yeah, I'm on the same boat. I, I'm going to read this regardless. I love Umbrella Academy. Yeah. I just finished the yeah. newest one. That was kind uh, of was always nice. my issue with the book was that like, you just kind of like, they're kids, how they're adults. I was like, well, I kind of want to know the in-between. Uh, I mean, I, so this one is even like about them being kids. So, uh, from the synopsis, uh, it'll be called, You Look Like Death, Tales of the Umbrella Academy. It'll be a six issue mini. Uh, written by Gerard Way, Sean Simon, illustrated by Ian J. Colbert. Oh, and... what I mean, I, I don't mean by them being kids. I mean, like, um, 
after leaving, like, how do they go from, like, what they were when they left to the people we see in Umbrella Academy at the jump? Yeah. Uh, so this one's just basically about uh, the Seance, uh, a.k.a. Klaus, a.k.a. Four, and it said decade prior to the beginnings of the first Umbrella Academy miniseries. Um, yeah, and it's kind of about it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's like if you're going to do, like, any kind of, like, miniseries about any of these characters, like, Klaus is kind of like the one you know, like least about. Um, like you know about, you know, Spaceman being on the moon, kind of like why he's there. You know about the rumor and her failed marriage. Like you, I, you know, it's like you could do like a Kraken series, but I just feel like they just be, you know, Dark Nightwing. Yeah, I was gonna um, say not quite Batman. Yeah. Um. And and there's not really kind of like stuff you can do with like Vanya because that's kind of like her purpose. Is like, yeah, that's she doesn't yeah. really do a whole lot. Um, but. Uh, the one thing I really did, like the one thing I, I did appreciate about the, the show uh, that I the, that they didn't really do in the books was that they had uh, Klaus be like a conduit to talk to uh, the horror because the horror oh, is like, yes, not yes. the horror is not a character really in the book. It's just basically it's like they were teenagers and then as they were teenagers, the horror died and that's about it. Yeah, they're um, just like he died. We never know why. I don't think they I, explained why. The, I just assume, I just oh, assume the horror went out of control and like ate himself or something. Well, maybe I still haven't read the book, so yeah. in the sh- in the show, I would say it see- that doesn't seem like the case. It seems more like he went to go do something, and the fact that he was like left alone is what got him killed. Because mm-hmm. every the rest of the team just like split up, and he was the only. Because I feel like wasn't he the only one that continued to do stuff? No, Kraken no, also does. Kraken did, and yeah. technically, space or space boy also does. Oh, yeah, because that's how he gets, like, super jacked up. Well, yeah, yeah he gets all fucked. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, like, as a podcast, uh, we're, like, split, where, like, one of us, like, really likes the books and not the show, and one of us really likes the show, but not really the book, so. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I like the books. I just like the show better. Yeah, and I like the books more. Yeah. Um, so do we want to jump to the big story of the week? I feel like we should. So... Dan DiDio, the guy we've shit on endlessly, is gone from DC, or should I say all of Warner Brothers, period. Dan, don't come Uh, back to the studio. I feel like this is where the part where the Munchkins come out and they start singing, uh, ding dong, the wicked witch, the wicked witch, the wicked witch. You know, I don't really know much about this. Why is he so hated? So, like, I, well, before we kind of even get get into that, like, when I first, like, heard the news, it was, like, kind of like a, a big sigh of relief and then you know you kind of start seeing like you know scott snyder and tom king and gail simone and like all these you know people who've like worked with dc for like so long and like kind of worked in other areas and them just kind of like talking about you know their experiences with him you know how he gets like a lot of like unnecessary hate towards things that are like completely out of his control and you know i still i kind of like started like really kind of thinking about it and then, like, the only person who, like, was, like, very uproarious in his applause about him, you know, Dan being gone was Rob Liefeld. And, and, well, and, and that's really, douche. and that's, like, kind of really, like, the moment <laughs> where I'm just like, Rob, do I Rob wanna... Liefeld every morning takes a big dive in his um, vault full of cocaine, Scrooge McDuck style. But, like, no, it's, see, it's a vault that... full of pouches full God, of God, imagine cocaine. how great would that be? But, <laughs> totally having but, like, a great time. But I, I like I kind of like saw that and it was like one of those kind of like real like small moments where I'm like, am I the bad guy in thinking? I think it's Dan more like gone? people don't people don't want to burn bridges and Liefeld 
like doesn't really have bridges around anymore, so he doesn't give yeah. a fuck. Um, um I, I, but I mean, like, also Scott was like me and him like fought like very vehemently about like things we want to do in books and like you know and I I still respect the guy and um but you know yeah I I have they announced like who's kind of like replacing him or if anyone's replacing no, him No currently it's just that um Jim Lee is just like <coughs> he was already like they were I guess they were like kind of co-publishers and now he's just like the sole publisher for the moment Yeah and man I don't know about that man Yeah but like that's the problem. Is like, it's do you get someone that was like a comics guy to run like to be the publisher, or do you need to get like a business guy? Because the I problems think- are beside. Like, I would say the biggest problem DC's had over his tenure is one like cancellations and things not showing up on time, which is like the death knell for comics. Though, is shit not showing up on time? Doomsday <laughs> clock. Think- <laughs> <laughs> someone, I, I, someone I, rang. But but like also it's just like Doomsday Clock is, yeah. But I yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I think the bigger problem um what was like, like 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 go like because it's like going for like about a decade now like looks at l- l- like let's look at DC. I, well, I but think going like, to the decade I think yeah speaks to what this all kind of ended with, which was the five G thing, which is let's keep rebooting everything every five four years. Yeah, and 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 I think like that's like when you kind of like look at. Like, like, let's. I feel like this kind of all starts with identity crisis, um, and just like kind of going forward from there, and just you know, every like having like a direction, but not really a direction. And well, and, and the direction that you get is weird. It's like, oh, which Connor, like one of the things we shit on him for was like he yeah. has this hard on for the old sidekicks, which oh, kind of culminated okay. in identity crisis in many ways. Uh, I think I think that's also that. a Jeff Johns thing, honestly. Oh, I like, I think it's one hundred percent. But I think DiDio's been outspoken about how he doesn't like those characters. Well, yeah, I mean, he's like there's been like an ongoing rumor, Dandy Crisis or Infinite Crisis, where he's just wanted to kill Dick Grayson. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, cool. and, he, and he almost did in Forever Evil. Well, yeah, and he essentially did in uh, the Nightwing book. Yeah. When he made, oh. Dirt, which he's back to being Dick again. Like from the last issue, I believe. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, but like, and that, and then what he did, like, like so. Wally West is back, but then they like do the identity crisis thing, which Roy is then dead again, and all these other characters, which some of them are on the TV shows. I actually think one of the things that like kind of popped up to me was like the kind of creator backlash from the Poison Ivy thing. I feel like that might have had a little bit to do with this too, like as bad PR in 2020. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny because, like, I, like, brought that up on the show, and I felt like no one was really talking about it, and then, like, yeah, about a week about- later, it kind of, like, blew up, but, like, I, 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 like, I don't know, man, like, I've seen DC, like, do some real horrid shit to some of their characters, and, like, I, to me, it's, like, very hard to believe, like, this was, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, I, I don't, like, I don't know if it's a straw, I think it's just, like, on top of all the other stuff, people are, like, why is this 5G thing happening? What did you do to all these characters that we loved? Now, like, the one of the most prominent kind of uh, not, like, I don't know how to say, like, not officially shown, but everybody's, like, everyone's head canon like couple, including basically the cartoon you just made. You're making that not a thing? It's, well, it's officially. Like, they were official. Yeah. Like, they're, oh, like... I didn't know if they official, official made them. Yeah, they've been an official thing for 
like a couple years now, um, at least since the Amanda Connor run on on Harley Quinn, and that's why like that like that issue was just like, what is this? Because it's like you've already have like you've already submitted it it's already canon already yeah. established like that's why like the they they try and like pull at your heartstrings in heroes in crisis over ivy and harley and, and it sucks but like that's that's the whole entire intent of it yeah so i i don't know i feel like so the reason they said was he was fired for fostering a poor work environment so i don't know unless they're talking about those sidekick characters like i don't remember if there's been any actual instances uh i mean there was that thing with uh scott uh not scott but um it does say in that article though who's that metal guy who's that metal artist oh uh greg capullo yeah there was like a deleted tweet from capullo about how he just got like scripts for uh for uh, dark metal or black metal or whatever it's called and uh you know insinuating that they are very late uh and he, he like made a point to say like do not blame Scott Snyder for this. And so you know, it honestly could be an editor. It could be you know, which is also a Dan DiDio problem because Dan DiDio should also be like managing all the editors and making sure like all the other publication houses are like running on time. Oh, I'm seeing here like one of the things that insiders are saying is that like Snyder's death metal thing really countered DiDio's plans for 5G. And that's where maybe a lot of this tension was coming from. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be the first time that a Batman creator doing their own thing is being interrupted by a complete total upheaval of DC continuity. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's what happened to Grant Morrison with uh, his Batman series and then Batman Incorporated. Yeah, because they basically, like, ended it and then uh, Flashpoint happened. If they didn't even finish it. Yeah. It, went in, it went into the new 52 and it made no sense. Yeah. So... Yeah, I could see that happening, especially with, like, the love for Snyder and how he's only hit home runs. Like, he hasn't even hit, like, doubles. Like, he's only crushed it with basically every Batman book he's put out. Yeah, he kind of rocks. He's what got me into, like, comic books for what it's worth. Yeah, because he's he's kind of baby Morrison. He's Morrison with less LSD. Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Give him a couple years. And, I mean, you know, it's like you also just, like, look at the... I mean, you know, it's like not only just like the DC brand, um, but then you also have to like look at, you know, the other arms. Like, look what happened to Vertigo. Look what happened to like Wildstorm. Like, like, I mean, sure, like those are are other, you know, other publications under DC. But I feel like if you're like the chief editorial person in charge of all that, and I'm probably speaking out of my butthole right now but i assume like you also have like dealings on like what's going on at vertigo and what's happening oh, i'm sure like I, I like the idea of even making black label a thing and then the the backlash and backpedaling and all that shit probably didn't help and then like having to like that one batman issue and backpedaling on that and this the ugliness of having 85 different things on one label like that, dc black presents yeah. joe hill's Blah blah blah, and Black Label finally having an identity of its own because like Black Label launching had so many books that were just like late well, Batman books. or yeah or you know yeah it just it was like hey well, someone has an idea like let's just launch this as its new thing and then that just kind of like spirals into its own thing but yeah. like it, it it took forever for it to kind of get any legs of its own 
Yeah, which it does now. And it's like, oh, this is the place where you kind of do sort of Elseworld, like more mature Elseworld book, which is cool. But I don't know why you need to get rid of Vertigo and Wildstorm. Like when the last time that was coming out, it was awesome. But then it just vanished. Like but, it's just done. Well, you get rid of Vertigo because Image kind of devoured the talent of Vertigo. It's yeah. like how many books that were released in Image in the 2000s, like could have been like a top tier Vertigo book, but you know, Vertigo didn't want to pay the people the right money and, you know, give them, you know, the licenses and all this other bullshit. So they went to image. So, you know, and, and that's not to say that Vertigo didn't have good stuff in the two thousands. Like you still had fables going on. You had Y still going on, um, you know, sweet tooth Northlanders. Uh, but you know, there was definitely like a, a, a lack of, of high tier vertigo books towards the end of like that line. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it did us talking just remind me of like another comic book thing that I forgot happened. It's just the um, lock and key in the Sandman universe was announced. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that actually. So I think it's like a weird crossover label because like it's the Sandman stuff is in, I don't think it's, it might be black label now, but it's like, Neil, it's, it's like Neil Gaiman's Sandman universe. It's like the Sandman universe. But it's also sort of in DC continuity because Constantine is there and Dream showed up in Metal. So I think it's like kind of like sideways, like sideways conject, uh, connected. So, but it's interesting that they're going to do a lock and key book. But yeah, like, I don't know. This was a Got huge it. piece of news, but we don't know yeah. the future where everything's going to go. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like, you know, the 2000s were, like, not the best for both DC and Marvel. And As we it, saw last week. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, but you yeah. know, it, it, like, for every, for, for every identity crisis that DC put out in the 2000s, there was, like, a, a Trouble or a, a, a Marvel or Marvel. Uh and there, and you know, and and that's not to say that like everything that Dan Didio like had his hands in was probably bad, but I I, I just think that you know over the span of since two thousand five, it's just like there, like there's just like a a very reactionary like reset button or like trying to get things back to like what their like self identified like golden era of DC is. Well, I and think that's the whole problem is like the the idea of doing New Fifty Two. And not just sticking with it, but the fact that they backpedaled, like it took them a while, but and then the way they did it, and then the doomsday clock to then like re reset it, sort of, kind of. We don't but even like, know if that's in continuity. And they're about but to the, re re reset it again. But, but oh. the new 52 wasn't even a reset. Like it was, it was a reset, like halfways, because it was, they still like acted like it was of, a like, reset for like all but like three characters. Yeah. Like Batman, Green Lantern, and like uh, I don't know. I, I think there was like Flash? one other character, but but Superman? it was like any no, no Superman, Superman got, was Superman got super change. Yeah, uh, but, but I think it was, it was like Flash. But like Batman was like he got DH, but everything still happened. It's like so oh, all of his okay. history happened in like five years, and that's where they had the problem with like the Robins. It's like so Dick Grayson was Robin for what like a year and a half, and then joined the Teen Titans and became Nightwing and. Jason Todd was Robin for like six months before he died. And then he takes six months of having no Robin. And then Tim Drake's there for like six months. And then Damien shows up. 
and them just like keep on backtracking like well this event happened well this event happened all this happened i'm like wait i thought this was supposed to be like a brand new thing for new readers like it's like honestly it should just been ultimate comics dc like where they just do like this hard boot reset where like everything's brand new where it's starting new and and going on from there but it was like over time they just kept on pe- cherry picking like certain things like will this happen will this happen and it's like if you you know it's like well if if this thing can come back like well why can't this thing that i like c- can't come back yeah and, and it looked like they kind of like ride the ship with rebirth but then you know John's kind of moves on, and then you announce Doomsday Clock, and that takes two years. And then in between that, you have Heroes in Crisis, and all this bullshit with Wally West, who's now Doctor Manhattan and Metron, and himself—he's the most powerful character in existence. Because yeah, like that's what people wanted, right? Was Wally West to be back and beat Doctor Manhattan, and not Wally West? <laughs> it's like why would fans want Wally West to be Wally West anymore? You know. Yeah, the character most people read in comics, like their Flash. But yeah, and, I don't, it's and just also like just like a cotton spit in my face about like it's like oh you like Ryan Troy well guess what we're gonna kill him and put him in a matchbox and send him to Dwarf Star you know or you know or like the Teen Titan comic where uh Zan and Jan are mauled by a fucking dog. You know, it's just like it's like um, it's like now I'm just remembering all these really bad things that happened at DC, and it's just you know I want I want them to be good. I like a lot of DC comics. I like a lot of DC characters, and it's just I there needs to be someone in control of the ship, someone who knows like what they're doing, and like I don't know if J you know uh, uh Jim Lee is like the guy that you need in 2020 to be ahead of DC to make it like a, a company going forward. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they get somebody that's like new blood in. Um, but apparently yeah. I'm reading that like they're still going along with 5G. Well, yes, <laughs> because if that fails, Marvel's definitely going to buy DC yeah. Comics. Yeah, 5G. I feel like it's a weird tie into AT&T. Yeah, 5G, you know that comic that's coming out on Free Comic Day written by Scott Lobdell in in the year of our Lord 2020? Uh, 5G? You mean like the phone time? Phone thing? No wonder yeah, it's being yeah, released Yeah, make my phone faster? I get to read comics and get a fast phone. What a revelation. Wow. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll have to wait and see. Dan that is supposed to be in October, I think, that that releases. Like, the full rebrand 5G thing. Uh, um, I mean, but Generation should, One comes out on free comp. We, sh- I mean, we should probably know about it by March, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, yes. like the solicitation, it's like that free comic book day comes out in March or in May. But then, if there's going to be like first couple of books, those will be out in June. And those books no, it says be, it's, I, it says it's launching October. So sure. that, it's, so that it's, other it's so like, that free comic book day book is a tease. Sure, it's like launching in in March in, in October. But, like, I guarantee you that there will be, like, some book that is, like, in a preview where they're just like, hey, like, spiraling out of, like, the events of, you know, Scott Lobdell's 5G, here's, like, and then we'll get, like, a better idea for it. And also, like, C2E2 and Emerald City are coming up pretty soon. Um, DC, I, I assume, will have panels at both those places. 
Uh, if the virus doesn't scare people off. I mean, like, I'll be at Emerald City, so... I mean, like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. You, there's nothing you can really do about it. No, I know. Uh, no, like, I like there were, like, people in our in our company, er, in our, like, fan Discord who were just like, you know, everyone be careful for con season. I'm like, hey, man, go get your shot and stay healthy and wash your hands. That's all you can do. Yeah, and just, like, keep an eye out for stuff. I know, like, uh, I got an email from, like, the school system, like, oh, we're setting up all these plans in place. And if you're sick, just stay home. This has been your friendly Now You Know PSA from <laughs> NL Comics. Stay safe. Na, na, na. Um, so do you want to talk about our comic that we read this week or slash watched? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, real quick, uh, if to talk about like other books we've read this week. Okay. Uh, did did you read X-Men? No, I was, I forgot. I, I have this weird thing where I blacked out, but I do know that there was like, I did, um, I was reading part of it. The Douglas there, when he, when Cyclops goes to see Douglas and a uh, warlock is there. Like Warlock's just sit- sitting in a chair. Yeah, and then everyone was saying, "Yeah, he's just like, wait, is that? Oh, wait, he's not there." I was like, "All right, that's a thing." Well, I mean, I mean, we've kind of noticed Warlock being on Krakoa and like little winks and nods at certain points throughout, like Hawks yeah. box and because also in that image, uh, Doug's arm is normal, and then when it cuts back, he has the like the Warlock arm, mm-hmm. which they still have not explained. Um, but then, like, I saw everybody was talking about, like, the sex stuff, but uh, maybe uh, I didn't get to that part. I, I mean, like, that's at the very beginning. It, the very beginning of the book is basically just Scott and Gene. No, it's Scott and Wolverine and, and them talking about, like, going out on a family vacation. And it's, like, very Oh, is that what implied. they call it now? And, and it's very heavily implied that Scott and, Scott and Wolverine share the same bed because... Uh, Wolverine like makes like the bed too hot or whatever. It's it's funny, but yeah, uh, I I won't go super into it. Uh, but there are implications. Like the big the big talking point of the book, I feel like, is about the resurrection process. Uh, what it is, how the how the other characters are reacting to it, especially like a character like Nightcrawler who is devoutly religious. And the religious applications of resurrection, and um, and how this also works into M Day, and how Scarlet Witch is viewed upon the Krakoan people. Uh, it's like a demon. Yeah, I'm flipping through right now. And yeah, because like also like the way that they explain about Wanda is again Proteus or not Proteus Exodus, uh, telling campfire stories to kids. So I feel like that's the only time we ever see Exodus is when he's telling campfire stories, which is like my favorite version of him. Hmm. Um, that's where he and, lives, just at a campfire. And also the I'm fact like, that he's the one teaching kids. <laughs> and if I'm like kind of like reading the implications of like what it is, it's like that the resurrection process can give back the abilities of people who lost their abilities during M-Day, but they be resetted back to the point before they like lost their mutant power. So they'd be like, like their mind. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd be revered back to like five years. Um, and I could be like wrong in that interpretation of it. Like I would have to read it again because uh, this is a very talking heads uh, issue between Cyclops and Nightcrawler. Oh, um, I'm looking through deck and it showed in this and Selena. Uh, I missed them. It's when Cyclops and Nightcrawler are walking and talking through a portal. It's like Forge and then Dakin and Selina are like standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, it's it, it was definitely like oh, like this is like the philosophical uh, explanations of of resurrection and X Men that I feel like kind of need to be addressed for a while. Also, kind of think of it, it's the first X Men issue that doesn't have uh, any of the um, cliff notes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, Giant Size X Men was also like a big silent issue, and it was basically a, a giant nod to the Grant Morrison issue, where you find out uh, that Xavier had a twin, and it's like basically like a one for one. So instead of Jean kissing Scott, it's Jean kissing Wolverine, and like the the writing in the Krakoan letters, like, outside of, like, their the mental portal that Jean and Emma are in, like, says the same, like, whatever message was in the Morrison issue, and even, like, the final page reveal of, like, what's going on with Storm is, like, a one-for-one, one, like, almost line-for-line line of, like, that Morrison issue. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's all I wanted. I gotta go get my comics. It's too much. Yeah, I'm like looking through like oh, I have to like read, read. Cause there's a lot of like reading in this, but it is interesting. Yeah, I see. I don't understand like the the mind. Like, is it their mind from when they were already there? <coughs> uh, what issues? It's X Men. It's the, the number seven. I'm talking about like. Yeah. Um. It's the mind that they've had, but it's in the body from five years ago. Because it's like their okay. ultimate body. I think it's like. From what they said in the old books, it's in the other books, it was like their body at their peak. Yeah. And then depending on their mind, because like their mind isn't connected to them missing their powers. It's just their body. Okay. Um, there is also like some like vague body dysmorphia that uh Nightcrawler does bring up, so that might also be like a thing that's brought up later. Mm. Is you know, your mind being put into a body that you know you don't recognize or you don't like, yeah, they talked about that in an older book, too. Of like, they haven't even tried to, like, experiment by putting somebody in a body that wasn't their own originally. Yeah. Because they have no um, idea what the implications would be. Well, you know, like, and also it's the whole entire, like, idea of, like, if, if you're teleported, like, from, like, point A to point B, is the thing, is the person that comes into point B still the person that comes from point A? Like, are, like it's like, you know, you're dead. Like, is the, is the person that comes out yeah. of the egg still you. And it's, I mean, it's, it's you know. It's a it philosophical question, yeah. Um, Crawler, the man who, like, was literally in heaven a couple of years ago, having the implication that's like, oh, I can't die. You know, what does this say about me now? Should I, Like, are, is it our jobs to make heaven on Earth? Well, I guess it, you could probably choose to die and, like, stay dead. Yeah, and be a swashbuckler in heaven. Also, I guess this also implies that, like, your mind is your soul. Like, there are no soul. Otherwise, there'd be, like, what, like, 80 different of one character? It's, like, six six Cyclopses up there or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a whole debate. That's a whole other topic right there. Yeah. Um, but let's go into something not so heavy. Uh, although it does get heavy at times, which is... Not these yeah. issues, though. Yeah, let's read about some kids getting fucked up. Yeah, let's let's talk about the latest arc. Oh, god, I, I'm actually very far behind on my hero. Uh, no, so, oh, okay, god, I won't say okay. anything. Yeah, don't. It gets. Eh? It I gets. No, 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 no. Shut up. Shut up. Don't even say that. Just we leave it there. I mean, like, I mean, like, I read X Men. I assume in superheroes, like, don't like they don't come out, you know, pristine. They don't, 
Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to remember what the last thing that like happened was that was like crazy. I don't know. So uh, okay, so what we're talking about is we're talking about My Hero Academia. Uh, yes. I believe it's Boku no Hero Academia. Thank Listen. you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fine. Excuse me. No, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not that guy. Please, so please don't. yeah. So it was. Uh, it is an ongoing manga. Is that the correct pronunciation? Manga. Yeah. And, and an well, anime. Anime. The reason why we're doing it is because uh, we were recording this on a Wednesday. The new movie, Heroes Rising, came out tonight. So we figured this would be a nice little tie-in to tie into the new movie. Yes. So this is like, I would say this is, so we read 12 to 21, which is the USJ saga. Oh, wait, did you actually see the movie? No, no I am going Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to go Saturday. I, I basically just like, do all the students like show up in this movie or is it just like four people? Like from the, from the trailer, it looks like everyone because it looks like it's a part of the class and it's well, also supposed to be in the future. Like it's past the anime and the manga currently. Yeah, like they said, I don't know if it takes place like after, like during season four, but like further away from where season four is even in right now. So I have no idea. But yeah. from what I'm hearing, if you're a newbie, you should be able to hop on pretty quickly and easily. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do like the Marvel thing of like, here's everybody, here's the explanation of their power, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it looks oh. like it's a training thing on an island for them where there's no other heroes around, like a grown up heroes. So and it's then about teenagers having fun on an island, but then they have to actually do their jobs. Yes. So we read issues 12 through 21. Now, it's, I would say some backstory on this? Yeah, I can, say, we should probably I, give some, like, background info here. Uh, yeah, I could do a, a quick synopsis. Yeah, well, yeah, Jeez. of, like, the world. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, so, quick, quick update. So, My Hero Academia is basically about, uh, a world where, much like our own, uh, except for, uh, 80% of the population are born with a, uh, ability called a quark. A quark is, like, some kind of, like, magical power. Uh, they range from things very minuscule like people who can like uh you know you know have their make, eyes come make, out of their head or have be, or you know or do like very kind of simple things uh yeah. to people who uh can like have the sweat of their of their body become explosive uh and everything in between uh the story focuses on uh this young boy named Deku who uh well, is one of We forgot to mention that people use these powers and it brings about the age of heroes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, so there's also uh, the age of, like, you know, the Marvel or DC universe. Like people use their quarks to become heroes uh, or villains, uh, and to teach people. Uh, there are schools where people can learn how to uh, use their abilities to become good heroes. Right. Can I cut in for a second here? Yeah. So um, one of the things to me that I find the most interesting is actually the way they built like hero society. So one, it's like kind of x-men but instead of them being a minority they're the vast majority like you said john um also the fact that there are people with powers their powers kind of change the way jobs are done so a lot of like your quirks kind of change like kind of push you towards specific jobs and so a lot of things are based on people with these quirks so heroes kind of are the major crime fighters while cops just kind of arrest people and then become like jailers they're more of like the the paperwork people. They deal yeah. with the the infrastructure and and like the basic yeah. upkeep. And the heroes they're do also, the actual catching. Yeah, well, they're the, the ones that provide backup support and 
Because you also have to remember, like, the police also have quirks of their own. And yes, they, but usually they they're lower-level quirks. Like, And there's everybody's favorite cop, Doghead. Yeah, Doghead. Never <laughs> not talk about Doghead. But it's not even it's, it's not even just crime fighting. It's like they, they like I think this is like kind of like the real fascinating thing about um, My Hero Academia is that they kind of like borrow like a little bit of like like stuff from like the Marvel Universe with uh, damage control. Like they're like people who use their quirks uh, to help build buildings, clear debris, like do these other things. There are people who have their quirk be like maybe water based or fire based who become firefighters. Um, yeah. I do so, say the difference compared to like the X Men is like the abilities people have or their quirks are sometimes way more body changing. It's more cartoonish. Like some yeah. people, like there are like characters in like Marvel and like in superhero stuff that are like crazy, but like people in this are like there's Gang Orca who's like his power is Orcaness. Yeah, which, um, <laughs> which you know, and and you had like Marvel kind of explore, you know, Chris Claremont kind of explore that with the Morlocks, where the Morlocks were basically mutants who were not pretty, and then you had Morrison kind of explore that even more with characters like Glob Herman, um, and Beak and Zorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's like you have like a lot of these characters who show up within My Hero Academia, like, uh, like my favorite character, uh. Uh, Suyu Asii, whose whole entire power is she's a frog. Uh, yeah, she's frog girl. Yeah, she's a frog, and that's her whole power set. You have like this guy who has like all these appendages that he can like make eyeballs and mouths, and it's kind of grotesque. But yeah, he can. I think his thing how they explain is like he can grow extra limbs and then control what things come out on the limbs. So he can be hands, eyes, ears, mouths, and I think other things. He just never does them. But and it's their like quirks you, evolve too. But it's like you have like archetypical character designs that would be kind of designed as being like ugly or villainous or whatever. But like they change them in such a way that they make them either heroes and like they're like more kind of heroic, like looking characters who are villains. And uh, it's all about like the backstory of the characters and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Cause and, like and, the, yeah, because like the acid girl does barely looks human. She looks like a bug. She's pink yeah. with like a pink fro and has antenna and bug eyes. And I love her. She's great. Yeah. Um, I do also want to say, so like the way the other part of the society works is that there is a order of who is the highest um, level hero. And that determines your, it's determined not just by your heroism, but by your popularity. And that is how you kind of get paid in this world. Yes. You get sponsorships and stuff. And our so number they, one hero is the symbol of peace, All Might. So, and that's also like kind of like a really interesting thing about superheroes being not only like heroes, but being also celebrities. Like, you know, celebrities uh, and like corporatized in a way. It's, yeah. it's Marvel Ultimates all over again. Uh, um, I was going to say it's like the boys, but not as fucked up. Uh, it, you know, also it's like Tiger and Bunny, if you're more of like into anime, uh, where you have like government's. And co- companies uh, and sponsors, yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like you have like hero as a hero and hero as also a hero and celebrity. And yeah, it's like, like every every hero is booster gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> essentially, yeah. yeah. So uh, this whole awesome. this whole world is basically centered around uh, Deku, who is like this. Uh, 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 boy, uh, who is one of the twenty percent of people who do not have a core. Um, he looks up to the number one hero, who's All Might, who's basically uh, Superman, who smiles a lot, and 
uh, wants to, that he's here. Yeah, basically, like wants to do whatever he can to be a hero. Um, and through some uh, shenanigans that happen with him, with Deku trying to say like a classmate, uh, All Might sees the potential in Deku in being a great hero. Uh, and picks Deku as basically the inheritor of All Might's power. Uh, a power called All for One, which is a uh, ability that's basically transferred into each new user, and the power grows exponentially with each new person that's trade on the pod. Yes. Uh, so the show is basically about Deku inheriting this power, um, going to superhero school, like Sky High, uh, you meet a bunch of quirky classmates, and you get to basically see uh, Deku become uh, the greatest hero that has ever been known. Yeah, he narrates the show. I don't think he narrates the manga. He does. But he narrates the show in like a third person, and this is my journey to becoming the greatest hero of all time. Yeah. He does narrate it. Okay, I maybe I just didn't notice it, but yeah. I would say like the main classmates, at least, we'll go through like everybody, but like specifically the like the other characters yeah. is Bakugo is kind of his Vegeta. Uh, in, yeah, cl- basically class jock. Uh, I don't know if I would call him a jock. He's more yeah. like the rebel he, bad boy guy. He's top of the class, or like, you know, him and Deku are childhood friends. Uh, Bakugo oh, is oh. top of top of the class, like, basically pegged to be one of the best heroes, like, yeah. earmarked for greatness. It's like... Which we should say, yeah. Also, part of, he's the one that has his sweat is nitroglycerin. Yeah. He, he also yells more than Vegeta and louder. Yes, and better. But that's also but I, like every character's a, like quirk kind of matches their um, personality. personality. So yeah, so Deku's like I would say like the one for all would just be like trying to like how would you describe it? Just like kind of pure super strength. Um, I mean he's pure Parker super strength, but it's not like it's agility based on his strength. Kind of like everything is just like his muscles and his like inner power. Are kind of just all like kind of physical strength. Yeah, and so it like, has to oh. be controlled because otherwise he's going to um completely just his body will like not be able to withstand it unless he controls it. Yeah, and I'm trying to like the other big characters would be um I keep forgetting all their names. The like, what's uh, the yeah, Uraraka. Yeah, go with Uraraka first. Yeah, I was gonna say so she's her hero because they also have hero names. Her hero names like. Your gravity, your gravity, and she can touch stuff and kind of take away their gravity, including herself, and then she can turn it back on. Yeah. Also, by the way, like they also just all have like really great hero names. Like your gravity is like a really just kind of like fun take on that. Uh, He's also Deku's girl. I don't care what the show has said at this point. <laughs> no, they, I feel like they definitely have. No, like, they a heavily thing. imply that. They heavily imply that. I know she said she has to wait because she wants to be a hero too, which is distracting. Yeah. Oh, she's. They, they've heavily implied that they are. At least she is very into him specifically. Um, uh, there's like think... Tenya. There's Tenya Ida, who is the son, or uh, who's like the brother. Uh, yeah, his brother is like a really famous hero. Uh, he's like very stoic. He's like kind of like head of the class, smart guy, but like yeah. a really good like. It's like he like wants to help out like everyone become like a, the best hero they could possibly be. He's the like I'm not teacher's pet, but he's like the super student kind yep. of character. Yes. And yeah, his entire family and they all have so the another big thing which goes to another character is uh quirks are genetic. 
So he has basically the same quirk as his brother and his father, which is he has kind of like jet engines in his calves. Which is kind of cool, honestly. So he can like run super fast and kick super hard. Uh, and then I would say the genetic thing, because I, I think goes to one of the other major, especially like powerhouses, is um, what the hell's his name? Todoroki. Todoroki, who is fire and ice, but we don't see fire for a very long time. And his father is the number two superhero right behind All Might, so. Yes. Uh, and he's basically a guy who can create ice and create fire. Like, have, like through one hand, he can create ice, and the other hand, he can create fire. Yes, which I think also goes to, like, the cool things about, like, how deep this world is, is because his father married a woman because of her quirks, her quirk ability, and that is something they say, like, happens often, like, these marriages to, like, create uh, genetic yeah. offscreen. Yeah, so he basically, has, like, like, create eugenics to create him. Yes, because they had four, four, five total children. He is the youngest, and he's the only one that got both quirks. I think all the other ones got like a li- like shittier ones of one or the other. Uh, shittier is debatable. I don't know. Do we even see what the other ones really can do? You meet two of them. There's yeah, because the one of them is siblings. one of them is dead, and then there's the other two. There's a boy and a girl, but we never actually see them. I don't yeah. think use their. We've quirks. seen the girl when he wants to go visit his yes. mom, and you will. See- you see one of the his older brother, and then the other older brother dead. My theory is that he's one of the League of Villain, but that's a different story for a different time. Oh, that would be um, interesting if he's that yeah. other character. Yeah, he's the fire one. I can't remember his name right now, but he like he has that blue fire. Oh, that would um, be interesting. Yeah, no, a little bit. I never thought about that. For an early character, but like yeah. I, that's what I think happens. Um, and I would say before we get into the story, the other big character that we haven't talked about is their co- their homeroom teacher. Uh, oh my god, he's my favorite. Holy shit, he's... Who's basically like, uh... Which one? Uh, uh Eraserhead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna uh, go say one more big one was, uh, Kirishima, because he seems to be getting a little more prominence, especially in yeah. the anime recently. Like, in the oh, anime, yes, yes, well, yes. Well, so, up later. They yeah, so let's... Products. Yeah, let's just, like, kind of, like, handle, like, the characters are pretty big for, like, at least this arc. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say Eraserhead is, like, a huge character for this. So he has an awesome power, which is he can, while his eyes are open and if he's looking at someone, he can turn off their quirk. Uh, Otherwise, he's just a dude. But if he blinks, that power will be, that power will go back to the user. So he's, like, Uh, kind of always exhausted and his eyes are jacked up and he's dressed kind of like a emo ninja. uh, And then, like, a really quick, like, scanner shot. uh, There's Suya Asui, who has the powers of a frog. Uh, there's Momo, uh, who... Nadia Rozu? Yeah, who, yeah. like, I'm still kind... Okay, so she's basically kind of like an alchemist who can, if she knows the genetic makeup of a thing that she wants to make, she can use, like, the metabolism in her body to create it. So yeah. I have it right here from the manga itself. Yeah, because it's in one of these issues, because that's the yeah. other thing that's cool. Throughout the issues, they're like, oh, this is who this is, and this is their power set. Okay, so it says, and I quote, uh, her quirk is creation. She can create anything as long as it's not living, but she needs to understand the object's chemical makeup first. Knowledge is her power. Yeah, which, if you, like, the really cool thing about her page, like, in the book, is um, the writer for My Hero Academia originally explained that um, Momo was going to be a teacher character. And then he like kind of like realized like how overpowered her 
like her character would be. So he made her a student. So basically, she has like this really great power, but since she's a student, she's like not very well equipped to like know exactly like kind of like how it works. Yes, and, which they you know, do well in the stories of like dealing with like her issues with her like her power as well, because there are other characters also with metabolism uh, powers. Because it's like yeah. what's a guy's name like Sugar Man or something? Yeah, Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and then the last three are uh, Denki Kaminari, uh, who can control lightning, uh, but if he exerts himself too much, he becomes super stupid. Uh, there's, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm sorry, that's my favorite side yeah. effect. And the control yeah. lightning is kind of, it's not even that he can like create electricity. Yeah. Because he uh, can't control it. Uh, there's Kiri, uh, Kirioka Jiro, who uh, she can uh, basically, like, she has like little danglies on her ears that are like headphones. And headphone she jacks. Into, and she could like put them into walls and she could hear people on the other side and use them for like other different purposes. They're uh, also then, like kind of weapons too. Yep. Uh and then finally there's uh Minoru Minata, who is a small annoying boy who uh has like these little pumps on his head that he can take off and then throw them and they basically stick people to wall. Except for him, he they reject him and then yep. he pulls them off too fast, he starts to bleed. And he's super tiny, and he's basically Kid Master Roshi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, like, and, way more obvious about, like, there's this great panel he has with uh, Sue, where he, like, touches his boob, and then she starts drowning him. Yeah. yeah. He's coming really for the most part. And yeah. those are the important characters of this arc. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't know if we'll get through the whole thing, but, like, let's, as we work our way through it, so... Issue 12 is kind of like the setup for what the, where the arc is going to take place. So the, it's kind of a lot of like character development where the kids uh, are going to elect a class president and uh, it's Momo and Deku. And He's like, De- wait, who voted for me? Yeah, because everyone voted for themselves except for two people. Um, and someone else voted for Momo and two people voted for Deku, which was himself and... Um, I'm so bad, like, with the, some of the character names. Uh, what's the one with the glasses? Ida. Ida, like, yeah. voted for him. I can't remember who the third... Oh, um, your Araka voted for him. So that's why he won. That Somebody attacks the school, and so there's an emergency, and Ida kind of takes control of the situation. Um, she has He has Araka touch him so he can float and then uses his power to kind of jump over everybody and gets everyone's attention. And it's like, everything's fine. Just go out here orderly. And uh, Deku is just like, yeah, you're the one that should be the class leader. So they do that. point out the reason why there was such a big crowd was because the media has found out that All Might is going to be teaching at UA. So they've started to get really and swarm the school. Oh, I guess that's another thing we should say. So All Might passed his powers to Deku um, because he is uh, gravely injured. And he um, I don't know if he's dying. He's like specifically very injured, so he cannot maintain his form for as long. So he's can no longer maintain being the symbol of peace. And after he gives his, he shares his power with Deku. He is slowly losing his power as Deku gains his. Um, and that is why he took the teaching job to train someone to be his. Uh, what would you call that? It's like one for all for one is being transferred. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so there was an attack, and like so, the principal, who's an interesting character, is a talking mouse, um, and basically says like, "Oh, the reporters didn't do this, and the entire wall is disintegrated." 
And in the scene earlier, there was a shadowy figure with gray hair uh, standing with all of the reporters. And that is the... Oh, I, I, I missed that. Yeah, he's he's there. He's in the crowd. Is that... That's, uh, yeah. Is that who I think it's supposed to be? Yeah, it's the, uh, the guy with the hands. I'm, oh, I'm so bad at yeah. this. Yeah, no, I thought it was a uh, one for all for some reason. No, 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 no. It's the kid. Okay, uh, Rocky done. Yes. So in the next issue, uh, we get reintroduced, which uh, to like the new, like the new generation of heroes, which is uh, was it Kamui Lady Mountain? Uh, Mount Lady. Mount Lady. Oh. Uh, she's great. She's a giant lady. Yeah, or she's, she's a lady. Great. She's Hunter a lady. She's, she's a really cool lady who becomes a giant lady. She's very cool. Mm-hmm. She is, and if Hunter heard about this, he'd be like, "Wait, what? Where can I sign up?" Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, my dog was just like making noise. Uh, did you say so? All Might comes in, takes out like the bad guy, and then heads on his way to school. He has the conversation with Deku, which they kind of talk about the consequences of everything. It's like um, you shouldn't, you can't tell anybody about this. But then Deku kind of reveals that he basically hinted to Bakugo. Uh, that it's he like, got. It's like, hey man, you can't be mad at me because you didn't tell me about about this before. So, but going forward, I won't. Yeah. Um. The yeah. And so he's like, oh, I got it from someone else, which will play down the line. He's like, all right. Um. So they go to their class, and basically, their teacher tells them they're going to a special thing, uh, where they're going to rescue training. So this is where they're going to the. They put on their hero uniforms, which the school makes them. And they go and train at the. Uh, do they say what's the name of the building? I'm trying to look for it. I think it's the USJ or whatever it was. Yeah, called. it's the USJ. I was trying to see what that stood for. Um, United States of Justice. Oh, no, no. There's a reason why they call it USJ. It's Unforeseen Simulation Joint, but they all call it Universal Studios Japan. Ah. Ah. Because hmm. it makes heroes. Yep. So our. Kids ride on the bus. Um, poor poor Ida tried to like organize everyone into like seating arrangements, and it's a different kind of bus. Yeah, isn't there like also a point where like uh, uh, Suyu is basically just like, oh man, isn't it like kind of interesting that Deku has the same powers as All Might? Yes, and he's like, oh. and he's like, yeah, he's oh. like, ah, <laughs> and everyone like, starts, oh. everyone starts clowning on Bakugo. Yeah, because Bakugo is just like a giant douche like he's just oh he's at an 11 at all times like he never tones it down ever he's just always screaming also i can't help but um every time i read the voices now it's the anime it's dub yes well the voice oh, the voice acting is great in the show um, the guy the guy who plays bakugo is perfect mm-hmm. yeah i i actually don't like english deku at all oh i don't i just listen to the japanese i don't really like the english stuff that much i i like the dub that's the, I, I, don't I like, like deku the dub. Uh, yeah, he's like the only one I don't have a, I, I kind of have a problem with, but everyone else I think is. Yeah. So they get to the school, they get to the place, and this is where we're introduced to one of the big characters in this, which is, um, oh my 13. God, 13. And basically, 13 tells us that the place has different areas and it's to train in all different rescue missions. And 13 is basically a person in a spacesuit, and their quirk is called Black Hole because they are basically a living black hole. Um, and is is thirteen a guy in the manga? Because I'm pretty sure it's a woman in the anime. 
at least in the Japanese. I don't think they ever specified in the dub. It's a woman, I believe. Yeah. If they what? If they what? If thirteen is a male or woman, I it's definitely a woman in the anime. But I feel like in one of the breakdowns, they refer to thirteen as a guy. In oh, the okay. No, no. I just, I, I, I just, I, right here, where it's right before issue or uh, chapter fourteen. It's like a little drawing by the creator, and it's like a behind the scenes. It's and he refers to him as his. He's referring him in the he persona. He's a black hole. Yes, but in the and and animates with she. Um. All right. So yeah, they're at the point now where Aizawa wonders where's All Might, and um, during his morning commute, it seems that uh, All Might reaches the limit because he saved three heroes in quick succession. So he will not be at the training as he was supposed to. And anyway, they get more information about um, the rescue training. And this is where I love, really like the world building and how that establishes everything. And then the issue ends with a giant portal opening up and a dude with hands all over kind of pops out. And this, I love Hand Man. Yeah. Handsy, handsy, hands man. Which, when you get to his origins, the hands are like explained really well and fucked is up. Is that the manga or the anime? Because I'm all caught up on the anime, not the manga. Uh, I think it was in the manga. I don't think they went over in the anime yet. Okay. I think it comes up in the next saga in the anime. Okay. Um, but yeah, he comes through, and then a whole shit ton of villains, um, including one that's a giant black bird-looking face with a exposed brain. Oh, oh wait till we get to him. Um, and so they attack. So Razorhead erases some of them, and he tells the kids to get back. And then the person. Uh, with the teleporting abilities, teleports a bunch of the kids all over the place, and that is where it ends. Oh, I kind of saw it as um, she tells them that they're all villains, and we get some monologuing, and that's where that ends. Now we're on team, and then they get transported. Yeah, it's kind of like at the end of it. Basically, they're, they want to kill the, the the bad guy wants to kill. Says maybe if I kill a bunch of kids, All Might will show up. That's where thirteen ended. Gotcha. And so 14 is basically they want to kill the symbol of peace and they split up with the teleporter's power, split up the kids into different areas. Um, and this is where their teachers like basically says no good hero has one sh- trick, which is uh, he's not just he can't. It's not just that he can erase people's powers. He is basically a ninja with these binding. Uh, I can't remember what they call them. It's like a binding cloth. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not the tape guy because I know there's a guy in. No, no, he has his own thing because another another character ends up using it later. But yeah, he has like this binding thing that people can't break out of that he basically fights with, um, and he's basically a ninja, and he's taking people out left and right. But yes, the kids are teleported away, um, and then the guy in charge is this gray-haired guy with these face. So he has a face on the he has a hand on his face, a hand on the back of his head two hands on his throat and two hands on his shoulders, um, which is creepy as hell. And he's basically just like, I hate pro heroes. I didn't think they would be here. Um, and then the one guy, so the teleporter is like this ethereal black figure and says, greetings. We're like, we're the league of villains. And, um, you know, we're here to go to the school to end the life to they're here to kill. Yeah. Um, all my, yeah, we're here to cause mayhem. Suck it. Yeah, which I do like in is it Kuragiri is the teleporter. I think it's his name. Um, he has like a suit on underneath, which you kind of see at points. 
He has like a three piece suit on, but immediately uh, Bakugo and oh my god, what the hell is his name? The armor guy go to strike the shadow, but he teleports. Um, and he and thirteen tries to suck it in, and this is yeah, everybody. This is where everybody gets teleported. Um, Deku, <coughs> Sui, and uh, what the hell is his name? Minata are teleported Mineta. to like, Mineta are teleported to like a water area. And so he saves Deku because he can't do shit underwater. And this is where, like, uh, Mineta is basically like, we're just kids. Like, we can't do all this. And uh, they're on a boat and they're being surrounded. And this is where we get, like, kind of Deku. I think it's also, I think it's also like, worth noting that Mineta is, like, the one character kind of, like, throughout the series that seems very out of his depth. Like, knows that he's out of his depth. Kind of is, like, only really want to be a hero for... Like, women, the, the chicks, yeah. Um, and I think that's like you know, kind of like an interesting thing, at, at least a little bit. That he's like the like everyone else has like these great, like you know, driving forces, yeah. you know, to be heroes, and he's just like the one that's like still kind of like trying to learn how to you know be capable, and yeah, or, at least, also, or at least even have the confidence to be that, yeah. He's also the most childish, and he's the physically the weakest of the group because he's very tiny. Um, but while this is going on, like Deku's just like, oh, like they like they're here for a specific reason. Uh, they want to kill All Might, but then he also kind of figures out like, oh, they obviously have no idea what our quirks are because why would they put like uh, Sui? Is it Sui or Sue? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Sue you. Sue you into like a water area, and then we cut to kind of seeing where everybody else is. So it's Bakugo and the armor guy are in one place. Um, Kirishima, yeah, Kirishima, and then um, there's so many characters. I'm so bad at all their names. The half and half guy is by himself. Todoroki is all by himself, and he just ices all his villains immediately. It's kind yeah. of a mm-hmm. cool thing because because like that's also like the other thing is like Todoroki oh. uh, is like easily like probably like him and Bakugo are like the like the most capable pro level heroes among the yeah. students. Well, they also say there's three members of their class who didn't have to take the entrance exam. It's Todoroki, uh, Momo, which it's her, um, the elect- Jiro, and the Electric Kid. And who was the other person that didn't have to take the entrance exam? Uh, if I were to probably guess, was it the Shadow Kid? Uh, oh, I, I, I have a good. I think he probably. Yeah, because he's like super OP too. Yeah. So there's. Have, have you ever played the video game? No. It's ridiculous trying to fight him in the uh, game. Yeah, because his power is crazy, but he's not like in this at all. Um, so there, those are the people that are split up. Everybody else is up at the front with uh, Eraserhead, who's trying to take down. He's taking down a bunch of the low levels, and this is where Deku's like, "We have to help fight." There's really not enough of them. There's not like uh, Eraserhead and Thirteen can't take them all on by themselves. Exactly. Yep, and then when we jump to fifteen, it's this is where we get like kind of a little bit more backstory stuff with um, uh, with All Might. So he's talking to the principal, and it's like, oh, you're supposed to go there. This principal, man. Oh, he gets to be. It's like uh, I'm a mouse, a dog. Yeah, I believe they confirmed that he is actually a mouse. He's not a person. He's like a genetically he had been experimented on and like made more intelligent, but he is actually a mouse. That's fantastic. Um, but this is also where they talk about the time limit, I believe. So All Might only has, what, like three hours a day that he can be, like, full-powered. 
And so he wasted a bit of that in the morning, um, taking down that one villain. And he that is why he's running late to meet them at the USJ, which we cut back to, and there's all this fighting. And then the teleporter, uh, 13 tries to suck him in, but like it doesn't work. And we cut back to uh, Deku, and he's basically explaining that like they have no idea what our perks are. We can have a plan, um, and that's why they're just sitting in the water because they don't know what the hell we're doing. But that's only going to last for so long. And this is where um, the other two kind of explain their their quirks to him so that he can formulate a plan. So um, I'm still so what's up? If Froppy, which is the Frog Girl. Yeah, just call uh, her a superhero name. It's yeah, Su- it's so much easier. Do is her real name? Froppy. Uh, Suyu. 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 I, Suyu. I'm sorry. Suyu. Suyu. Or... Suyu. Asui. Or Suyu Asui. Best character. Or hey, best character. Suyu Asui. Yeah. So yeah, Asui or Froppy. So she can excrete poisonous fluid, um, but it really only stings a little. Her tongue can stretch 20 meters, and she can stick to walls. Um, and she can also spit up uh, her stomach to clean it, and she can jump really high. Yeah, her powers? Frog. Can a frog do yes. it? She can do it. Um, and then basically, Deck is like, my quirk is a double-edged sword. It's super powerful, but it injures myself. And this is, and I like that Mineta's is like, secret, secret. like, he's just like, kind of turned on. He's like, yeah, I can. Mineta is yeah. a lovable, but the boy's a pervert. Yeah, and he's I, like, don't, oh. I don't even think he's like that lovable, man. He's kind I, of like, a douche. Um, okay, in hindsight, yeah. like, you think he's lovable? Fair enough, I you just, think he's lovable, and then you get to words. I, I just love his character design because it doesn't like it it purposely doesn't oh, he has, everybody else. He has like a really great character design. Yeah, he looks like a Simpsons character almost. <laughs> um, but he shows like, oh, I can stick them off and I can take them off with no one else. And that's like it. And he's like, I'm so worthless. How are we gonna do this? And then they attack the people attack the ship, and then we just go to he just starts ripping off the balls and chucking them into the water, and he's like and Deku's like, don't panic, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, they don't want to touch the things. And Deku kind of is like, oh shit, like I have a plan. And he's like, oh, I'm going to jump into the water and um, like smash it so that everyone kind of explodes. And there's like a thing in the middle. But in doing this, he wrecks his um, middle finger on his one hand. And then Minita is still throwing all the balls around. And so because then everyone's going to getting sucked back towards the middle where there was the void, they're all sticking to each other. And then uh, Froppy takes them out of there, and they defeated all of the villains. Yeah, Manita's uh, 108 centimeters, so he's like three and a half feet tall. And he comes talking around about lines. Lines that were written for him, such as I wish I have gotten the grope Yagi Rosu Boob Rosus before I died. (laughs) And uh, so in the next issue, they're like, um... Deku's hands like jacked up because of his finger. Flipping too too many birds around all these villains. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember. He like, oh, he takes something and wraps his hand up. I don't even know what is it. Cloth. Yeah, he just takes a cloth. cloth. And then this is where they see a razor head is fighting, and then we get a map of like area. So oh yeah, the bird guy is Tokiyama and Koda. They haven't been seen, so they're in like the windstorm, like the wind, like bad weather rescue zone. Uh, Baku and Kirishima are in like the collapsed building zone. Todoroki is in a landslide zone. Um, Kamari, Jiro, and Yayirozo uh, are in the mountain zone. Ojiro, who we haven't talked about, is in the front, like in the conflict. Right? 
Yeah, he's the tail one. He hasn't done anything. Um, and Oyoyama, who we haven't talked about, who has the belly button laser, and Hakakuri, who's invisible, but they don't know where the hell they are. Um, so yeah, um, Todoroki took out everybody, so he starts moving towards where everybody else is. Um, and he basically says, like, oh, like you're going to have frostbite if you don't warm up or something. And I don't remember if this is where we get like the downside of his ability yet. It, I don't think it is yet, no. No. And then we cut to where Jiro and uh, Yozo... I don't like it. You pronounce all the names. <laughs> Which one are we talking about here? Oh, we got uh, um, Yaoya, yeah. Jiro, and Kaminari. Yeah, so they're like in a group, and they're getting attacked, and they don't know what to do. And they're just like, this is where, like, oh, they're explaining all their powers. And he's like, yeah, I can only, like, like cover myself in electricity. I can't defend you guys. And if I shoot it out, I can't control it. And so Jiro... Jiro just uses him as like a stun gun, stun gun, and just like start kicking him into people. It's like, oh, hey, look, it actually worked really good. Um, Yaoya Rozu is the one who makes the uh, the insulated blanket. Yeah, so she makes an insulated blanket to cover her and Jiro while uh, basically the other guy just like blows his fuse, and which he does. And then when they come out, they I like both in the anime and well, in the anime she uses her arms, but in the manga, it's just the, the word bubbles, but her entire clothes are like blown off. Um, and her tits are out <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, like you have more about folks, but everybody's brains are fried. So they don't see. And then the kid, uh, Kamari's thing is like, he's just, he like fries his brain. He's like, uh, he's neurons. for a little yes. bit. So he, he doesn't like overexert himself, but like he has this whole thing in the anime where he just goes, yeah, yeah. And it's really funny. Like, it's, it's the facial expression and the noise that you keep hearing. And then we find out, like, who the boss is, and him and Eraserhead are having a fight, and the boss is counting down. Because he's like, oh, you can only leave your eyes open for so long, and he's trying to figure out how long it is, and um, this is where we see, like, oh, Eraserhead ends up blinking, and we see the bad guy's ability, which is awesome. So he catches Eraserhead's fist, and like his skin starts breaking apart. He has the power to like disintegrate him. Yes. Um, and so Eraserhead punches him with his other hand and kind of away, but in doing so, is like injured by a couple of other villains. So he's pretty hurt at this point. And then the giant black monster thing comes in. Um, and then we have thirteen gets taken out by the teleporter guy because he basically opens a portal like right behind 13 and breaks the suit so they can't really control themselves and is like kind of using it as like a way to uh attack the kids but 13 is like all right i'll handle this and uh tells the glasses kid to go like and get help because he's the fastest one there so basically the rest of the students defend him while he makes his way and he kind of hates himself because he's like i'm i'm like running like a coward um and while this is going on, we cut to Deku and his group see that um, Eraserhead's arm is basically twisted by the giant monster uh, that is referred to as a Nomu, and it's the anti-symbol of peace. Uh, and it he, the main villain, basically says that it's bioengineered, uh, which is a huge part of the, sh- uh, the story. Oh, man. Uh, to jump to 17, um, Bakugo and... Uh, but uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima, like busting those guys, busting up some villains and like kind of cutting around to all the different teams. And Urahaka helps uh, the one guy get out and Eraserhead is basically about to die. And 
um, without even being like really feeling it. Um, it's completely out cold. And this is where we learned the villain's name, which is Tomorrow Shigaraki. Yes, I just call him Shigaraki. I yeah, call Shigaraki. mostly by their last names. And the teleporter guy shows up. It's like, oh, we've taken out every we, like all the students that were up there, but one of them escaped. And Shigaraki's like, oh. And he's kind of like thinking and scratch. He's scratching his face. Um, and he's basically like, I would kill you, Kurgiri, who's the teleporter, if we run our way out of here. Um, he's going to get dozens of pros. We don't have that. It's game over. Um, it's basically like we're leaving. And Minata's like, we're saved. And this is when he grabs uh, Froppy's boob. And then she drowns him. It's such a funny just visual. Where she's like, wait, what? And then Yeah, because her eyes are normally like, kind of cartoonish, like, big wide with, like, black pupils, and the black pupils turn white when he grabs her boob. Yeah. And, yeah, the next panel, she's drowning him, and then this is where, um... Shigaraki? Shigaraki sees them and goes to grab, um, to kill Froppy and Deku. He, like, he has his hands almost, like, basically around her face, was not touching her, and Deku goes to, uh... Oh, no, he does touch her, and eraser head erases his thing, and then Deku goes to destroy him, and then it cuts to, it's the black monster, the Nomu. Nomu. Yeah, and it does nothing. Um, and then, like, uh, Froppy saves him, and they're, like, about to wreck, but he, in punching him, nothing, no injuries happened, and then, who pops in, but... Um, quick, quick thing, have we kind of dis- uh, discussed what Shigaraki's power kind of is? Um, I was gonna do that after, like, we just finished this, so yeah, Shigaraki's, uh, so... But uh, All Might shows up, and that's the end of the issue. But Shigaraki's power is disintegration. It's like whatever he touches, like disintegrates. Yeah, um, but he has to put Terrifying. his he has to put his hand on it specifically, like all five hands. fingers. Yes, um, that's the interesting part I like about the way that the quirks work. So um, I don't know if you guys would mind if we like cut it off there, and then we do like the next. What is it, like five issues next week? That's like four issues. I don't know who's seen the movie this weekend. Are you guys seeing it? I'm going to try. Okay, so and John, Tyler, you're definitely probably going to see it, or yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll capital. Okay, only because I was going to say that might help because then we can have a pre-Heroes Rising episode post. We can talk about the movie also. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we cut it off there um, at episode at issue? I think it was seventeen. Yes, um, 17 or 18. Yeah, 17 was the last one we just did. Okay. Um, so don't forget to check out all the other shows. You know, tell a friend, five stars, click the little bell on, you, on YouTube. Um, you can check us out in those places. Uh, you guys have any plugs? Follow me on social media, on Twitter specifically, jamscott193. Siler. Oh, all right. So I guess we will. I guess he has nothing. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll check you guys out next time. Uh, adios. So I guess I'll join the Great Lakes of Hell.